When you belong to God, God will call you out. Why? Because you're His. Because you have the very presence of God within you. He says when you're saved, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Hello and welcome to the Portland General Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. When you're confronted with your sins, do you ever try to make excuses or shift the blame to someone else? You're not alone. Join us today as Brother Larry Treadway preaches a sermon entitled, But It's Not My Fault. Anyway, take your Bibles. Turn with me today to Genesis chapter 2. We'll be pulling scripture out of chapter 2 and chapter 3 today. You remember a few weeks ago I began speaking about wake-up calls. For two Sundays in a row I preached about the wake-up call to the prodigal son. Uh, then I preached about the wake-up call to Elijah in that still small voice. And then Wednesday night, we looked at the wake-up call to David through the prophet Nathaniel. Today, I want to look at a wake-up call directly from the voice of God. Have you ever noticed warning signs when you go places? Things like caution, coffee may be hot. Normally it is, you know. Remove infant before folding stroller for storage. I need that one. Chainsaw. Do not attempt to stop chain with your hand. Warning. Batman's cape does not allow a user to fly. Number one, Batman didn't fly, and the cape's not going to either. And now major churches, if you get on the website, you'll see major churches are giving disclosures and warning signs that if you, you are aware of COVID and its spread, and if you come to their church, you cannot hold their church or their ministry responsible for anything that happens in COVID. We got warning signs out for everything, you know. If there's no obvious warning signs, and people are more apt to sue somebody, you know, because we want to blame somebody else. You know, most of you know, I had an insurance company for 30 years, and I heard a lot of, it's not my fault. Hey, am I not on? Oh, I will be in a minute. Okay. I am not on yet. Yes. Okay. I'm on now. All right. Anyway, in insurance business, I got a lot of accidents and it wasn't really my fault. Here's a few that was on a piece of paper. To avoid a collision, I ran over the other car. Not my fault. A pedestrian hit me and went under my car. Not my fault. I blew my horn, but the tree didn't move out of the way. Not my fault. I misjudged a lady crossing the street. Or going home, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree I didn't have. Not my fault. And that's what we tend to do. We want to blame other people and say, it's not my fault. Well, we're going to the scripture today to the oldest recorded part in history where somebody said, it's not my fault. Okay? Genesis chapter 2, I'll begin reading in verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou shalt thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thou of, thou shalt surely die. God specifically gave the first warning sign. This was it. He said, he stated it specifically. He stated it clearly. You can got, got get more specific or more clear than what he said. He said, you can eat and enjoy the whole garden. 
every tree, every plant, every animal. You can lay down in the green grass. You can enjoy the sunshine. Man, you can have yourself a ball. But there's one warning sign I want to give you. There is one tree in the middle of this garden that you cannot eat the fruit of it. Because the day you eat that fruit, you'll surely die. You hear that warning sign? One tree, one fruit, you eat it, you'll die. God gave them the warning sign. God offers choices in life. They consist of numerous blessings. Man, God let us choose the good things for our life. He just lays them out one after one after one, the blessings. We just take those blessings of God into our life and experience the blessings of God. And a lot of times we don't even consider where those blessings come from. But over on the other hand, he puts a few major don't do's. Warning signs. And even though we got all of these many blessings over here, we want to go over here and pick this one thing that's harmful to us. This one thing that God gave us a warning sign for. And that's what happened here. And wrong choices will always bring consequences. It did here. It will with you. The consequence here is you eat this, you're going to die. Now, in this story, next stage, here comes Satan. Got his lies. Genesis 3, flip over a few verses, beginning in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. Now if you'll notice the end of verse number 2 and all the way through verse number 3, how clearly Eve heard and understood God's warning. I mean, she repeats it word by word. She's got it, okay? She says, yeah, we may eat of every fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, we cannot eat of it, neither touch it, lest we die. She could repeat this word by word. She got it, right? I mean, from the very mouth of God, word for word, she got the warning sign. She read the warning sign on the wall. But... Let me tell you about the down spiral of sin that took place. We refer to James 1, verse 14 to 15, got it on the screen, that every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and he's enticed. Then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and when sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Now look at this downward spiral. Number one, temptation. Can you go there? Amen. We're all tempted every day of our life and sometimes many times throughout the day. Is temptation a sin? Absolutely not. He said they're tempted. Then here comes the enticement. She says, drawn away with your own lust and entice. It's one thing to be tempted. It's another thing to dwell on it. Then comes the next phase. Step three. Sin is conceived. Lust has conceived. Here we go. We're going to have we sinned here? We're right in the verge of sinning. Then number four, it says it bringeth forth sin. Brings forth the very action of sin. Then sin bringeth forth the consequences, which is death. So here we go. We're tempted. 
We're enticed. Sin conceives in our heart and mind. We act upon it and then we die. Spiritually, we die. And if we are sinners unto death, we will die eternally in hell. That's the consequences in the downward spiral of sin. But yet, here Eve bought in to Satan's lie when he said, God didn't really say that. Well, he did. She heard it. But he said, God didn't do that. You're not really going to die. Well, the story continues with Eve's process of sin taking it down these steps, beginning in verse 6. The woman saw, number one, that the tree was good for, for, for food, and it was pleasant to the eye, number two, and that it was a tree to be desired, number three, to make one wine. And then she took the fruit, number four, and did eat. Also, she gave it to her husband and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. Number one, she's tempted. She saw it. Did she have to go any further? Absolutely not. The choice she made was to go further. She saw it. Then she was tempted by it when she, and enticed by it when she said it was pleasant to the eye. It must have been an attractive fruit. Sin usually is attractive, isn't it? And then she believed Satan. Uh, she, you know, she desired that it would make her wise. She desired it. Then she took and ate it. She didn't pay a bit of attention to God's warning sign. That bring, brought forth consequences. Did she die immediately? No, but she is now going to die. Physically, she's going to die. She does not have eternal life. She's no longer in a perfect body, perfect life. She also died spiritually that day. She lost that communion, fellowship, that closeness with God. But above that, you'll see something that when we get caught in sin, sometimes we tend to want to do. We want to share it with others. It's amazing. Have you ever seen that Geico commercial with them two raccoons in the garbage can? One's looking at the other and said, this is nasty. This tastes terrible. Here, you taste it. <laughs> That's what we want to do with sin, right? Sin has its consequences. Sin's taking us down. But hey, I want to share my sin with somebody else. Come on, taste terrible. But come on, taste it, you know. Well, that's what happened here. She takes it to Adam. Adam knows the, the warning sign of God too. He takes it and he eats it also. And the result, their eyes are open. Suddenly for the first time walking in a perfect environment, they understand that life is not perfect anymore. Now their eyes is open. Do they know good and evil? They do. Because now they know what sin is. They have misobeyed God. Now they know what sin is. It was open before them so much that when their eyes opened, they realized they were naked. They were exposed before a holy God. When we sin, we are exposed before a holy God. So what do we do when we're exposed before a holy God? Sometimes we do what Adam and Eve do. Let's take care of this on our own. Let's do a cover-up. Surely if we cover ourselves up, surely if we cover our sins up, nobody will know. Surely if we cover our actions up, God won't know what we've done. Well, they attempted to hide, but when you do your own efforts, they won't do any good. God reveals to them 
what their actions are. Verse number 8. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God amongst the tree of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard the voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Now notice what's happened. Were they God's children? God created them, didn't he? He created them in his own image, right? Did they know God? I mean, they walked with God and they spoke with God in the cool of the day. Man, they had a relationship to God, didn't they? They had a fellowship with God that you and I can't have. So when they disobeyed God, here's what happened. Number one, God called out. When you belong to God, God will call you out. Why? Because you're His. Because you have the very presence of God within you. He says when you're saved, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. The third part of the Godhead. He is there to guide you. He is there to teach you. He is there to let you know what right and wrong is. And when you go the wrong path, thank God we got a spirit in us that will call out to us when we go the wrong way. Adam got called out. Then he heard the voice of God. A lot of times we won't listen. Man, this is Adam's wake-up call right here. He hears the voice of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does to us. He calls out. We need to listen to him. Then it says, the emphasis then for the rest of that few verses is put on the cover-up. They're attempting to hide from God so God can't see them. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is working with them. I mean, Luke 12 uh, three, the words of Jesus says, Therefore, whatsoever you've said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you whisper in the private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetop. Now that's from the English Standard Version. If you're reading King James, it'd be just a few words different. But what that verse tells us is God hears you, God sees you, and you can't hide. Have you got that? God sees you, God hears you, and you can't hide. And what you do in private just may come out as the center of attention in public. What you do in the privacy of your house, if you get drunk in the privacy of your house and you come to church and you put on a holy face, but look out, it's going to get known. If you curse and tell all kinds of dirty jokes on your, on your job and you come and praise God and put on a face in church, look out. It may just come out on the rooftop. If you're like a lot of these preachers that are on TV and they get in the public eye and they take off off to women and commit adultery or they take off and steal money from the church and all that and you think you got it hid, it may be hid for a while, but look at it, it comes out on the rooftop. So what you do in public and what you say in public should be the same thing you do in private because it'll come out. So we've seen the words of Jesus. So here, I think Adam and Eve was afraid to face a holy God. I am too in my sins. Even though he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins, I'm still a little bit leery about going and having to confess my sins to God. But I need to do it. Adam, I think, was a little bit leery. He knew he'd done wrong. 
And he hid that condition there. He didn't go directly to God for forgiveness. First thing we ought to do is go directly to God for forgiveness because he knows what we've done anyway. Now here comes the awakening in verse number 11. He said, Who told thee thou was naked? Hast thou not eaten of the fruit which I've commanded you not to eat thereof? See the accountability here. He said, Have you eaten? Can I tell you God knew he'd eaten it? Can I tell you nothing gets past the knowledge of God? He knows your very thoughts before you even think them. He knows your very action before you even act upon them. He knows all things. So he knew what Adam had done, but he wanted Adam to realize in accountability what he'd done. And he asked that question, have you eaten? Reminder of the warning signs that I gave you a command. You say, I commanded you not to eat of it. I gave you that warning sign, and yet you still did it. And now we get to the heart of the message. But it's not my fault. And here we go. The excuses that happened today just like they did then. Verse 12. And the man said, The woman that thou gavest to me, to be with me, she gave me the tree and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, Okay then, <laughs> what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, Well, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. Now here we go. Not my fault. Adam said, it's her fault. She's the one that needs us out of house and home. It's her fault. She did it, God. She's the one that made me do it. And I think he could probably tell God wasn't, wasn't, wasn't getting it, okay? So he goes, you know, he, he emphasizes on it. He said, it's her that you gave me. It's your fault, God. You gave her to me. So he's saying... It's her fault because she tempted me. And it's your fault because you gave her to me to tempt me. But it's not my fault. So God turns his attention toward Eve. Eve said, but God, it's not my fault. It was that serpent over there. The devil made me do it. Oh man, how often we do that. The devil don't make you do nothing. You do it out of your own choice. The devil didn't force that down her throat. He tempted her and she bought, he bought it, uh, you know, and made that choice. So it wasn't really Eve's fault. And it wasn't really Adam's fault or the Lord's fault or the sin's fault. It was all of them's fault because they made the choices that they made. And she made the choice and then Adam made the choice. Now, the results were many. They lost a perfect environment. Didn't have to weed eat. Didn't have to go out and till the ground and pull up weeds or whatever. Didn't have to pull rocks out. Didn't have to coach your driveway. Didn't have to fix the, the, the reek, leak on your... Didn't have to get them doggone leaves out of your yard. It was an absolute perfect environment. God just set them out there and said, everything's wonderful. Enjoy it. It's yours. They lost that because God exiled them from paradise. Then they also died that day. You say, I don't see any. They lived for years and years. They did, but literally they died that day. Without sin, there is no death. Did you know it? Because the wages of sin is death. To this point in history, there had been no sin, so there was no wages of sin, which meant there was no death. 
So here we are, losing a perfect environment, losing a perfect eternal life. And then he explains other circumstances. He said, now you're going to have to earn your labor by the sweat of your brow. You're going to have to clean out those thorns and thistles. You're going to have to mow that yard. And Eve, by the way, now when you have children, it's going to hurt like the dickens. You're going to have pain in childbirth. I mean, he lays it straight out to him. He said, this is a result of your sins. Did you know a lot of the circumstances we go through in life is a result of the choices we've made to sin? And they made those. And it's followed for generations after generations. I mean, you can lose a few things. You know, when you're forgiven, sometimes you've still got to face the circumstances. If you go out and commit murder, more than likely you're going to be convicted and you're going to have to pay a sentence or die circumstances. If you're not married and you go out and you have a child, get pregnant, you're going to have to take the circumstances of raising that child. On and on, you're going to have to take the circumstances for the choices that you make. We have a choice of turning toward God or we have a choice of turning away from God. Too many times we choose the opposite of turning away from God. Today, there's a lot of ways of saying it's not my fault. My boss is too difficult to work for. It's not my fault. Or I'd work harder if they'd pay me more, so it's not my fault. Or everyone else is doing it, so it's no big deal. That's the reason I do it. It's not my fault. And if I had a more loving church and a better preacher, I'd be a lot better person. It's not my fault. And on and on it goes. If I had a different family, if I had a different environment, if they would make that beer alcohol proof, you know, if they would clean up TV, it's not my fault. It's always somebody else's fault. It starts with denial. It goes on to blame shifting. You don't know how many times I blame Donna for things in my life. We tend to do that, don't we? Then we go to blaming God. But it's time to own up to our own faults and not say, it's not my fault. The old Negro spiritual goes like this. It's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Would you close your eyes with you? And maybe you might want to pray something like this. Lord, I'm just like the prodigal son. I've sinned against you and against heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Lord, I thank you, dear Lord, for what you've given me. And Lord, I'm not going to blame anybody else. It's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. But it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I come before you in prayer, Lord, asking you to forgive me. And Lord, that I might make better choices and that I will not say... It's not my fault. God, I want to own up to it. I want to deal with it openly before you. And just maybe if I've wronged somebody else, I'll get up from here and I'll go to them and I'll make it right with them just the same way I'm making it right with you. And I'll praise you and thank you for opening my eyes and forgiving me. In the name of Jesus, amen. Each week, these sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch the weekly sermon, we now live stream it on our Facebook page 
at www.facebook.com slash portlandgbc. The sermons are then edited and uploaded to our YouTube channel for later viewing. For audio only, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. You can also find these audio recordings on our website, free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.